If you ever find yourself in Vinton County, Ohio, you might stumble across a tunnel. It used to be a mining town, but that was a long time ago. And if you walk up to the tunnel, a couple things might happen to you. One, you might hear the little pitter-patter of rocks as they're being thrown from the top. You might see a faint outline of a person carrying a lantern, or you may even smell the scent of lavender and see a woman in white. These are just some of the occurrences that happen here at Moonville Tunnel. Alright guys, welcome to the Malevolent Few, episode 4 I believe is what episode we're on. Yep. Yep. We are, I'm your host, Cortland Mitchell. I am one of your co-hosts, the resident skeptic, Hunter Burden. And I am another co-host, the very, very funny and appropriate guy, Jake Steed. <laughs> We are out here at Moonville Tunnel, guys, and we are actually on site as we record this episode. And that'll explain a bit of an echo you might hear at points, yes. depending. Yes, you yep. hear an echo, we're right in the center of the tunnel. Well, not right in the center, we're a little bit beyond the center. Right. Towards the edge, kind of, where you edge. see the Lavender Lady, is, I think she but, was called. Yeah, the Lavender Lady is seen right over there at that edge. Um, but yeah, we're here in the tunnel. Figured it'd be a good idea to do an on-site episode, maybe add to the experience a little bit and you know maybe we'll experience something for ourselves yeah, it's 9:30 at a at night it's so 30 really? yeah it's about 9:27 as of recording so yep 9:27 p.m so it's it's dark as balls yeah just to to give you the theme we are in a dark tunnel woods on either side of us crickets chirping in the background some popping, I think that's water. It's yeah, it's water falling from the tunnel. Different parts, yeah. And like we said, if you hear an echo, that's it's just us reverb, reverberating. No. Yeah. Re yep, yeah. reverberating. Yeah. Yep. Off the sides of the tunnel. So yeah. Yep. We got uh, our only sources of light are the are Jake's phone that we're using to record this and my little flashlight I got on my knee. I got a flashlight as well. Yeah, but it's not on right now. Yeah. 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 That's... I mean, like on right on. When we say we really can't see anything outside of us in this group, I mean, we're really not lying. You can see the silhouette of the trees against the sky, but other than that, like... Yeah, that's, that's on one end. Can't see Jake's shit on that end. Uh, I will start off this episode by saying if you hear other voices at some point during the podcast, this is a pretty popular tourist attraction. Even now at 9.30 at night, we came across a few people here already, so... If it gets interrupted, we apologize. But if you hear any voices that aren't tourists but that we don't hear, please let us know <laughs> and, and some comments because that probably might have been a ghost. Yeah, yeah. If we don't say something along the lines of like, oh, here come some other people and you hear a voice, let us know because that's going to be pretty interesting to go back and listen to. But we can go ahead and get it, off, get it started off here. So... Um, yeah, like I said, we're at Moonville Tunnel. Uh, we'll go around and talk about, you know, kind of like what we know about the place. Um, Jake and I, with a few of our friends, uh, we've been here before. Hunter, this is your first time, right? This is my first time here in Moonville, yep. I don't, I don't usually do a lot of, uh, like, haunted stuff, spooky stuff, not really my jam. So, but, uh, yeah, Jake and I have been here, and when we came here before, even before the podcast was ever even a concept, I did a bunch of research on the place just because i like haunted locations it is my jam so to speak <laughs> but of course everything weird is um so i know quite a bit uh hunter so you probably don't know a whole lot do you nope jake and then i've i've bought 
a couple books about like the haunted areas of southeast Ohio and you know in one of the books there's a pretty big chapter about Moonville so I know a little bit about the stories here which we actually have one of Jake's books with us Haunted Hawking a Ghost Hunter's Guide to the Hawking Hills and Beyond written yep. by Jeanette Quackenbush and Patrick Quackenbush yep I've actually met them before. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah, know that. He, yeah. He, uh, he actually, Patrick Quackenbush, he actually taught me how to do an owl call. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Thank yeah. you, Miss, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Quackenbush. Yes, yes thank you very much. I, uh, I, I did go through and read that and actually a couple of the other chapters earlier, but I went through and I read the chapter on the Moonville Tunnel. It's pretty, pretty well detailed. It looks like they did quite a bit of research on it, which... So yeah, thank you guys for supplying our source for this episode. And I will link this in our episode description when we upload this. I'll uh, post an Amazon link or something if it's on Amazon. Um, well, I'll link it somehow. I'll find it. Um, link like the Amazon like place to like purchase it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's the plan. But uh, yeah, that's that's what our that's what this episode is about, guys. Moonville Tunnel. If you want to, uh, if you, I'm saying you heard a little toot just now. It's my holding my uh, my water bottle has a little <laughs> lid. I realize that might be good, good caught. So I'm actually gonna we're gonna add another, gonna add another light to the fray. Fart here. jokes, they're always funny. But um, I was gonna say, yeah, we wanna can uh, start with uh, maybe just kind of going by yeah, all those like all three of those stories. I don't know if there's some extra stories in there as well. But we can, uh, Moonville mainly focuses on the main three ghosts. Um, all right, we can kind of go story by story and talk about them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we got, if we're trying to hit an hour on the episode, which is usually our goal, then, I mean, we, we can cover most of this, and that should be about the majority of the episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to read just the first little excerpt here from this chapter, uh, which is very cleverly and funnily named with the real Moonville ghost, please stand up. <laughs> um I remember earlier you were like reading the chapter and you're just like, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, listen, listen, the only reason I say I hate it is just because I didn't expect it. <laughs> it caught me by surprise. But, um, so yeah, our, obviously our listeners can't see this, but you guys can see it covers like three main ghosts. So we've got the Moonville Tunnel Breakman, Moonville's Lavender Lady, and then the ghost above the tunnel. So, yeah, it's going to be, we're going to talk about those, and we, we can just get right into it. So, the Moonville Tunnel Breakman. Uh, the identity of the Moonville ghost is shrouded in just about as much controversy as the true name of Jack the Ripper. By the way, these are direct quotes that I'm reading from the book, guys. In fact, our ghost has come in as many forms as those who have seen him haunting the tracks of this southeastern Ohio railway. Some say it is a young brakeman killed when caught between two train platforms, and others have described him as a railroad engineer killed in a collision of two freight trains. Who is the real ghost of Moonville Tunnel? Take a closer look, and maybe you can solve the mystery. And just kind of um, a little excerpt about Moonville itself. It says, if ever a place had reason to be haunted, it would be the tiny town of Moonville, just outside Zaleski, Ohio. Hikers walking the rugged dirt trail belonging to the Ohio Division of Forestry today seldom notice the few remnants of the town once thriving in this sleepy hollow. There is little more than a mound of foundation stones, an old brick-lined well hidden beneath undergrowth, and side roads grown over with poison ivy and thick brush. Which, by the way, accurate description, just, yep. <laughs> just for our listeners if you've never been here, is a pretty accurate description of the place. 
But the town of Moonville was not always owned by the state of Ohio, nor was it hidden in the thick arms of an overgrown forest. Coal and clay abundant in the hilly terrain of southeastern Ohio were a means of income for those lucky enough to find rich pockets located on their property. In the mid-1800s, Samuel Coe, knowing that his property was rich in these natural resources, granted permission for the Marietta and Cincinnati Railroad to develop a railroad through his isolated land. In return, he had an economical means to ship his coal to buyers. And so, around 1856, the sleepy town of Moonville began its existence as a simple railroad and mining town. At its peak, the largest number of residents recorded living in the area was about 100 mining employees and families during the mid to late 1800s. Most of them worked in the Coe's mines or in the small towns surrounding them. It had a saloon, depot, schoolhouse, strip of houses, gristmill, and a cemetery. Moonville remained a little less than 100 years until the last family departed, leaving it nothing more than a ghost town among many in the declining economy of the 1940s. The town and surrounding area may not have ever been large, but it always seemed to have more than its share of tragic deaths. Of the 12 co-children, it is said nearly half of them did not make it well into adulthood. The small rundown cemetery just up the road is bursting with graves from both young and old of the community. If lung fever or cholera didn't get them, the railroad running through town took its share of folks. So along with the many deaths, there are many speculations of the ghost who haunts Moonville Tunnel. If you are one of the many searching for the true answer, here are some facts to help you make a decision of who really haunts Moonville Tunnel. So that was a bit of a backstory history lesson, so to speak. Um, what do you guys think about that? You guys know that stuff? Oh yeah, I knew I knew a little bit about that. You know, my my family we've been coming down here to a while. My uncle, he's a bit of a history nerd about like this area and stuff. So like he's done his research on the place as well. Also, have you guys noticed how it's gotten a lot colder in the past five seconds? Yeah, yeah. it was like I would say five seconds, but yeah, the past couple months I was noticing that. And definitely, I'm like, definitely getting colder. Yeah, a little chill to the air. Yep. But um, I didn't know about that, but I mean, yeah, find a lot of. A lot of stories about that uh like generally i would say just kind of like all around ohio a lot of uh a lot of the midwest you can find a lot of uh stories of just little towns you know that uh had some resources for a while but then that shit just kind of dried up for one reason or another and now they're kind of abandoned mm -hmm. yeah i've always wondered could you talk about like that less family what's it gonna be like being that like less family kind of uh that last family to kind of uh, be in a town and then just kind of move away like you're the last people living in like not a very big place so yeah. it's not like there's a ton there but I mean it's gotta be sad yeah it's yeah. like which one thing I was surprised about is I didn't know there were a hundred of them living here which is more than I thought but still not a whole lot so yeah. like, you probably knew everyone in town oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. as people started to move away, you know that kind of had to be sad because, like, that's your friends and stuff, you know, or family. And, like, yeah. what's really crazy is that if you go past, like, the end of the tunnel that way, on either side of the railroad track, you would find, like, their houses and stuff. But, like, if you go down there now, there's nothing there. Nothing there. Nothing nothing there. Back over, it's, you know, there's a lot of areas like did that. They, uh, did my they tear them down? Uh... I don't know if they tear them down or if they just kind of naturally fell apart and ran away, you know? I mean, you're talking, let's see, it was in the 1940s, it said, when the last people moved away. So that's, I mean, that's a good bit of time. Yeah. Like, my family... 80 years? Yeah, something like that. 1940s, you said? Yeah, 80 years. about 80 years ago, yeah. 
Yeah. We will like, say we got some uh, tourists coming up, guys. So if you hear some voices, I apologize. Yeah. I think we yeah, we saw the, their car driving in the lights and whatnot. Maybe maybe we can even get them to join in on the conversation. That'll <laughs> really be fun to the podcast. Uh, yeah. If we want to, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I, th- I think we're going to chit-chat for a minute before I continue hearing the story. We'll see yeah. if we can talk to these people, see what yeah. they say. My family, uh, kind of not too far from here, we've found the only remnant of this big town called Ingham. And, you know, it kind of used to be like a... kind of like this little town that was like situated near one of the big mines around here. But... Bef- but between there was a big hill between them, the town and the mine, so they dug a tunnel, just a simple tunnel between the uh, between the town and the mine. And uh, we, my family, my dad and my uncle actually found that tunnel. They did, like they just were hiking off off trail one time, and they just found this hole in the ground. They're like, "What the fuck's this?" And then they went in. It was like, "Oh, there's a whole ass tunnel." And then they couldn't go all the way through it because there's like a low point in it that's kind of flooded. And they had, they couldn't like go swimming that day because they had like phones on them and stuff and like not proper, and like their better boots on. But then like, and I was there when we did this, we actually found the other end of the tunnel. We did find the other end and we, we didn't know it was the other end. We were just like, hey, we know that like there's, something over here and we actually like dug it up and then they went in and they were like oh this is the other end of the tunnel so yeah also fun story about that tunnel uh do you know that uh that one movie uh of crap what's the name of it It has like the scary cave human creatures uh, the uh, descent or something like movies, that man i, I mean think you're talking i think one's called like the descent or something that's like it that. Yeah. the descent that's the name so below yeah it's another one the descent is the one i'm talking about funny story when my sister went through the Singham tunnel with my parents one time she had just literally right right before i watched the descent and then somewhere in there along the line they heard a growling in there it was probably just like a raccoon or something yeah. But, you know, she heard a growling, and she just booked it out of there, and she dragged my mom with her. I would, too, man. Raccoons are scary. <laughs> and she, le- are. And she uh-huh. left my dad and my uncle behind for dead. <laughs> I, worked at a, I worked at a dairy farm for two and a half years, and I went to go take the trash out like, at the end of the shift one night, and I got ran out of that, like ran away from the dumpster by a raccoon, man. <laughs> it jumped out, started growling at me, and then literally chased me all the way back to the door of the dairy farm. I thought you were yeah. about to be like, I'd rather deal with cave people than raccoons. I would rather deal with cave people <laughs> than raccoons. It's, I don't have any personal, real personal raccoon stories. Fuck, I don't know if I've ever really seen a raccoon. But, uh, scary. <laughs> I mean, I believe it. I think those fuckers got rabies or some shit. Some of them. Yeah, most of them, yeah. Well, yeah. not most of them, but yeah, some of them definitely. But, uh, my, uh, I know my cousin Zach, who, you know, you, you both met, he, uh, when his family moved to his, you know, house down in Athens, uh, they, uh, they had, like, some problems with some raccoons in the ceiling. So they had to, like, deal with that shit. And I think one of my favorite stories about it is at the time, they have, like, a bunch of cats. They had, like, three cats who were all, like, related. They were, like, you know, like, one female and two, like, male cats. Or they had four cats, and I think three of them were related. Like, the male cat, or, like, two of the male cats and one of the female cats was related. And the female cat had just had a bunch of kittens. Yeah. And so the raccoons kind of pined for the kittens. So all the male cats, like, stood guard by the cats, by, like, the little kittens. Nice. For, like, you know, till like, they kind of got that problem solved. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Seems like our, uh, Visitors are about to start rolling through the tunnel here. So, 
Hopefully we can strike up a conversation with them and they don't think we're too weird. Hopefully. <laughs> Perhaps. We're, we're not that scary. Well, that's but, scary. Uh, just three, just, just three college kids recording a podcast in the middle of a tunnel about ghosts. Suppose, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're having a good time. Yeah, they're probably drunk and or high. Yeah, most likely. This, so this is going to be a good conversation. Yeah. At least I hope so. Are they? Um, we are they? They kill us. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're going to kill us. I don't think they're going to kill us. I think it's it'd be pretty hard to pull off a successful murder while you're either high or drunk. That's all I'm saying. This is true. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I'm a, I'm a relatively big dude. I can put up a little bit of a fight when they take me down. We got chairs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you guys witness our murder, well, granted, this isn't going to get uploaded if we die. So you know what? Never mind. <laughs> also, you said witness. It's like ah, you kind of got to have video yeah, to witness. Yeah. That's if, if you, you hear, hear our murder. But like I said, this this won't get uploaded. So, yep. If we don't, if this episode doesn't get uploaded, <laughs> come find our bodies, please. <laughs> As our last will and testament, yeah. upload this episode. Yep. Then, uh, yeah, we did it for the content. Yeah, come find our bodies, upload the episode. Maybe our killers will be put to justice. Who knows? But it was like while well, we're waiting, want to get to one of those stories and sure. Yeah, we can. I was also uh, I was going to talk about the raccoons real quick. Okay. Just okay. another note about raccoons. Uh, I think. Kind of, they're seen as generally scary by quite a few people. I mean, obviously they're not like haunted place scary or anything like that, but they're just, they're not exactly nice animals. Um, but one of my favorite like Reddit stories of all time, there's a series on Reddit called uh, Tales from the Gas Station, written by his Reddit name is Gas Station Jack. And it's mm -hmm. a really, really long series, but in that he talks about a mutant family of raccoons, and the leader is an alpha male raccoon named Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Roscoe name himself, or did Jack name Roscoe? I think Jack named Roscoe. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it ever explains it, actually, in the story. I, I might have to go back and read those. But, um, yeah, we can get to one of them real quick. I think we got time. They, they're taking their time getting here, so... Um, also, another note before I read the next story, we were talking about how, you know, there's not really remnants of the fact that there was, like, a town there anymore, um, and I would like to further talk about that point, because, like, what I told you guys this before we started doing this episode, but me and a couple of my friends came out hiking here one night, it was, like, 12.30 at night, you know, just a bunch of college guys being stupid, and, uh, we came out here and we went hiking and got absolutely lost because it's nothing but trees and nature, man. Like, there's no remnants of any kind of, like, houses or anything out there anymore. Yeah. So, but I want to ask these people if they want to talk about a podcast because yeah. they're coming up now. So yeah, they're still a little ways away. We, we can get into it. So the first sighting was one of the first known records of ghosts haunting the Moonville Tunnel. It began in 1895 as printed in the Chillicothe Gazette. The ghost of Moonville, after an absence of one year, has returned and is again at its old pranks, haunting B&O freight trains and their crews. It appeared Monday night in front of the fast freight number 99 westbound, just east of the cut, which is one half mile the other side of Moonville, at the point where Engineer Lawhead lost his life and Engineer Walters was injured. The ghost, attired in a pure white robe, carried a lantern. It had a flowing white beard, its eyes glistened like balls of fire, and surrounding it was a halo of twinkling stars. When the train stopped, the ghost stepped off the track and disappeared into the rocks nearby. 
So that was one of the first recorded sightings of the ghost. So what I love is I love the little pictures in this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the little crazy miner guy there in the picture. Yeah, with his lantern. It's yeah. amazing. Yep. There actually is a um, legitimate picture on one of these pages here, which obviously our listeners can't see it, unless they check out the book, which they should. Oh, yeah, right here. It's just a picture someone took at the end of the tunnel, and I love the description. It says, genuine image taken at the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken an image very similar to that for one of my photography classes. It's very good. It's one of my best photos. So, yeah, but um, we're going to kind of hold here for just a second. Yeah, we got, we got tourists. Okay, guys, if there's a weird little pause or whatever, we stopped because we had some company like we were talking about. So, But we'll get right back into it. So we were talking about, you know, the first recorded sighting of one of the ghosts. And um, in my opinion, it sounds less like a ghost and more like a sparkly Gandalf. <laughs> sparkly Gandalf. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Pure white robe, flowing white beard, eyes glistened like balls of fire, and surrounding it was a halo of twinkling stars. It's Gandalf. Yeah, that's Gandalf. Gandalf. It's like the sparkly Gandalf. You shall Gandalf. not pass. <laughs> He's uh, he's Gandalf the Lantern. Gandalf the Lantern. <laughs> but so that was the first recorded sighting, and like I said, that was 1895 and was printed in the Chillicothe Gazette. So it goes on to read: Since then, there have been countless eyewitnesses who claim they have seen odd lights flitting about the tunnel, akin to a lantern swinging back and forth. Which, interestingly enough, you guys didn't catch this conversation because we had just paused it, but I actually just commented because a minute ago I saw something glowing at the end of the tunnel right as people were starting to walk into the opposite side. So that was kind of interesting. I think the, the logical skeptic side of me thinks I'm pretty sure it's just the water reflecting the light from their flashlights, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Also interesting to point, we made a comment and this was recorded, about how it was getting kind of chilly in here. And as soon as people started to walk through, it started to warm up. So that was funny. Um, That's a plane. Can I help you plane? We're trying to record here, sir. <laughs> or ma'am. <laughs> Whoever's flying the plane. Whoever's <laughs> flying the plane. Yeah. You know, you got to roll with the punches when you record on location. You do. You really do. So anyway, like I said, so since then there have been countless eyewitnesses who claim they've seen odd lights flitting about the tunnel again to a lantern, and I'm pretty sure I saw something glowing. It also says many have felt a cool chill surround them at the far end of the tunnel, which is, we're pretty close to it, sending goosebumps sliding up their arms and hair standing up on the backs of their necks. I do have goosebumps, by the way. You can see them on my legs. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's some goosey bumps. There have been photo <laughs> images of a foggy mist. We have none of that here right now, to be honest. Yeah. No fog. Which wouldn't be outlandish because it's the Ohio Valley region. So, like, fog yeah. happens a lot here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fog is perfectly normal. And even a few who claim they have taken pictures of an apparition of a man in an engineer hat walking across the tunnel. There is even a video of a man walking in the tunnel but with only one leg. I'll try to find that. I have not seen that video. I'll try to find that and make a link of it in the episode description because if I can find that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it goes on to say, is there any written evidence backing up their claims that someone might have been tragically killed there and printing the region with their heart-wrenching story? So the next bit that we're going to get into are quite a few accounts of recorded deaths that weren't natural or disease deaths, but like quote-unquote violent deaths or unnatural, mostly due to trains. Um, the first one is those who might be, actually this isn't the story, so it's a little 
quick intro to it. It says, Those who might be ghosts, Moonville Ghosts, the background research. There have been over 25 deaths near Moonville between 1859 through 1986 due in part to the railway. These do not include deaths due to natural causes. For example, Cliff Coe, who is one of the family members of the original landowners, died of a heart attack inside the depot in May of 1899. That's pretty sad. So then we get into the deaths. Huh? As I rest in peace, sir. Yes, rest in peace. So those dead include, there are four of these, or yeah, four of these here in this section. Uh, no, three. And it's jumping the train. So in 1876, 13-year-old Henry Shirky, I hope I said his last name right, tried to jump a train, and his left leg was crushed just below the knee. This was recorded in the Venton, the Venton Record, February 17, 1876. The MacArthur Inquirer of last week says, As we go to press this Thursday afternoon, we learn that Henry Shirky, the youngest son of John Shirky of Venton Station, was severely injured by jumping from a boxcar of a freight train going west, about one-fourth of a mile west of Venton Station, at a quarter past four o'clock on Wednesday evening, and died 20 minutes before six o'clock this Thursday morning. And that was quoted in Athens Messenger, February 17, 1876. So, yeah. In 1880... James Hood dies jumping off the train near Moonville. James Hood, aged about 30, a resident of Zaleski, while returning from Athens on the fast line on Friday, attempted to jump off the train one quarter mile east of the depot and opposite his home. In doing so, he was thrown about 20 feet against a post and his neck broken. He has been in the habit of jumping off trains at this point in order to save walking back from the depot. He leaves a wife and three children. Athens Messenger, May 20, 1880. 1907, Alan Alba? 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 I don't know. Close enough. I I don't want to butcher their last name. I apologize. Um, Dies jumping a train. Lurig O, September 4th. The badly mangled body of Alan Alba, a middle-aged miner of this place, was found under some underbrush near Moonville Saturday. Alba, accompanied by his brother, got on a passing train and started for Zaleski. It is supposed that he stayed on the train until a tunnel was reached and that he was knocked off in some manner. When the body was found, one hand was cut off. Oof. Athens Messenger and Herald, September 1907. Yeah, it's just flashlights. Yeah, it's it's them. Sorry, guys, didn't mean to get spooked. Uh, I will, I'll go ahead and finish this and we can pause it for another second. Mike Shea relates it this way in August 1961. I don't know who Mike Shea is. But it talks about this in here. Mike Shea relates it this way in August 1961. Alan Albaugh was drinking and hopped the train at Zaleski with a jug of whiskey. No one heard from him. They found him dead this side of Ingham near Bear Hollow. Mike Shea smelled him one day, and Frank McWhorter and a one-eyed fellow found him when attracted by the smell. He was full of maggots and had been dead for several days. Mike Shea, 1961. So, guys, we're going to pause this for just a minute. All right, guys, we are back. Sorry, that was, uh, we actually just ran into the guy I was telling the story about. Well, did I tell the story? I don't know. Talking about how I got lost. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That was the guy, one of the guys I got lost with out here. So that was fun. <laughs> but we were talking about these recorded deaths. I think the last one I read was Alan Alball. Yeah. Yep. So the next section is Brakeman Falling Under the Wheels. 1859, unknown brakeman. Brakeman on the Marietta and Cincinnati Railroad fell from the cars and was fatally injured due to too free use of liquor from the MacArthur (laughs) Democrat, March 31st, 1859. I also like to freely use liquor. 
<laughs> no, we all. 1873, McDevitt, a brakeman of the accommodation named McDevitt, was caught between two colliding platforms and had both legs and one arm horribly mangled. McDevitt Ooh. survived his injuries for only a short time. The deceased, we learn, was about 21 years of age and leaves a widowed mother. Athens Messenger, July 17, 1873. The next section is just walking the tracks. We have 1912, Charles Ferguson, struck by train. He was waiting to cross the railroad tracks when the train broke in two. One part passed him, and without looking, he stepped on the crossing and was struck by the second part. That sucks. Damn. <laughs> That's a really horrible way to go. Yeah. And then 1920s, Rastus Dexter. I love that name. Rastus Dexter, miner who was killed near the tunnel by the train. Is that all it says about Rastus? That is all it says about Rastus, just miner who was killed near the tunnel by the train. And then we have train wrecks. 1880, Frank Lawhead, engineer killed in train wreck. Near King Station in this county on Thursday last, engineer Lawhead and Charles Crick, firemen, both of Chillicothe, were instantly killed by collision of freight trains, which we are told was the result of a mistake of a train dispatcher. The trains were totally wrecked. Athens Messenger, Thursday, November 11, 1880. And then 1938, Charles Landrum, engineer killed in train wreck. A heavily loaded Baltimore and Ohio Railway double-header double freight train crashed into a fall of rock at 11.57 p.m. Monday night, killing the engineer on one of its two engines. The mishap occurred six miles cast of Zaleski between Hope and Moonville. The Portsmouth Times, December 27, 1938. So yeah, those are all deaths that happened that could attribute to this lantern-carrying sparkly Gandalf. Um, so we don't know, you know, obviously for sure who the ghost is. You normally never do unless it's a very it's like isolated, exact case. Gandalf the Sparkle. Gandalf the Sparkle. That's right. But those are some of the possibilities of who Gandalf the Sparkle could be. The next one we're going to talk about, and my favorite one, is the Moonville's Lavender Lady. The uh, little subheading of the chapter says, The sweet scent of fresh lavender lingers where a woman was killed by a train. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I kind of gave a short little intro about this. Sometimes near this end of the tunnel where we're at, to the right side. And a lot of times it'll actually be like outside the tunnel up the hill a little bit. You can see a woman in white, and it's commonly associated that the air will smell heavily of lavender when people sight her. So... Not gonna lie, I thought I saw something move down at the end of the tunnel. I saw like a. I mean, there's I saw, a light down there. Uh, that's the thing. I saw a shadow moving from yep, the light. I just did too. That's fun. <laughs> huh? And guys, we're not joking about this. Oh, thing. and now the light's gone. <laughs> yeah, we're being legitimate about this one. Yeah, we ain't might screwing just, around. Might just be people. I heard it those. probably is just people. Or it's it could be a car backing out or whatever, and it was their headlight shining. Uh, yeah, the the light, the light's easily explained. I'm more concerned about the shadow that was in front of the light. <laughs> I mean, they could just pulled away where it's yeah. not showing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh well, I ain't gonna worry about it too much. If I die, it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> my favorite th thing to say about death: if I die, it's not my problem. However, for, 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 hold on. For, our, for our listeners, I just want to say that throughout this entire podcast, we've been constantly like shining our flashlights at the end of the tunnel looking for the Lavender Lady. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see the Lavender Lady. The other two ghosts I'm really not that interested in, but the Lavender Lady I really, really want to see, so I, kept che I keep checking. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not really scared of the Lavender Lady. I just actually want to see her, but it doesn't appear that that's going to happen and the light just got covered up again huh anyway so this is 
as I've quoted, my favorite one, and I wish to one day see her. I, I'm going to start coming out here just randomly to try to catch sightings of the Lavender Lady. I kind of was hoping we'd see her tonight, but like I said, I don't think it's real. So probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, a little excerpt describing it. The ghost of a woman is said to walk along the far side of the tracks, followed by the scent of lavender. It is said that when a woman from Mineral was crossing the train trestle, she was struck and killed by a train. Rumor has it that her ghost still walks the area where her broken body had fallen after being hit by the train. Some people claim to catch the scent of lavender wafting in the wind, even in winter, on the far side of the tunnel, where we are, or close enough to it. An early witness even claimed someone followed him along the tracks, and when he took off in a run, the ghost kept a good pace with him. In sheer panic, when he veered off the tracks, the spirit disappeared. Which, I love this, and I really love that the authors included this, because it's, you guys can see this, the listeners can't. It's a page-long story, and it's this guy's retelling of what happened to him, and I'm very, very excited about it. Also, we have a lovely little depiction here of the Lavender Lady, which is amazing. Again, I'll link the book. You guys should definitely check it out. But, it says, many years ago when I don't know who this person is that quoted this, but many years ago, when my son was two or three years old, I would go out and hike the forest around Zaleski. Back then, the property at Moonville was privately owned. I avoided the area between that and the legends of the ghost. Instead, I would park along the road near the cemetery and walk along Raccoon Creek in the meandering hunter trails owned by the Ohio Division of Forestry all around. Sorry. <laughs> One late afternoon in early December, I found myself desperately lost. Raccoon Creek was flooded, so I had foolishly taken a roundabout way through the thick brush and lost my way. One hour lost turned into two hours lost, and my son was not the only one close to tears as I juggled him on my hip, hoping for a path to take me back to the road. It was getting dark, colder, and I knew I could be hopelessly lost for days in that remote region. Which I'm going to pause here for just a second. I feel this man's pain. That is a very real fear as someone who, again, has gotten sort of lost out in this area. Also, this is, just, is it just me, or does it seem that it starts getting cold in here once you start reading? Hey, they want to hear their stories, man. Mm-hmm. And do you blame them? I don't. I, wanna, I just want to hear stories I just about saw. I just saw some glowing. You where saw glowing? I, I just saw, like, a quick something was glowing right where she's supposed to be over there. Lavender lady. I don't smell lavender, unfortunately. But anyway, that was right around the time the shadow showed up. It was faint, but I kept catching the edges of something pale out of the corner of my eyes. It sent shivers up my spine. Surely something was stalking me, and strangely, I began to catch the faintest of scents, a sweet smell like my grandmother's old perfume. I pushed the thought aside, assuming it was nothing more than the scent of a broken rosebush twig I had run into. The shadow, it was nothing but my fear making me imagine someone was following me. But the scent continued, and so did the shadow. Sometimes becoming stronger, sometimes getting weaker, until I found myself following the direction of the odor. I twisted and turned on the old deer trails, ducking beneath brush thick with prickers and stomping over tiny streams, following the shadow and scent like a young deer trustfully follows its mother through a dark woods. This guy should be an author himself. Within an hour, I came upon a hillside, and looking up to my right, I realized I was nearly under Moonville Tunnel. The scent of lilac perfume, interesting here that it says lilac and not lavender. The scent of lilac perfume surrounded me heavily for only a moment, and then it completely disappeared. I heard something skittering in the brush, and I saw the shadow no more. Determined to find out why such a scent would be found in the middle of winter, I searched online when I got home. It is there I learned of the lady who died along the tracks. 
I nicknamed her the Lavender Lady for the sweet scent lingering in the air. To this day, I truly believe the Lavender Lady helped me find my way back home. So, you know, she's not apparently a, and this is not just to quote the name of our podcast, she's not a malevolent entity, apparently, more so a helpful one, which I think is great. Looks like we might have some more people strolling through here for a minute, so if we have to pause again, I apologize. But I'm going to continue with this until then. The next part just goes on to talk more about the description of Moonville, which I think we've covered pretty well. Yeah, we have. And then... I like this little just this little passage, though. The entire tunnel has an unusual aura around it. From one end to the other, melding with the noises, there's a certain calmness clinging to the air. To me, I, I agree with that. And that's a fairly accurate statement. I yeah. mean, I, like when we're, when the couple times we've had this pause so far to talk to people or whatever walking by, it's been a very, very calming experience, honestly. You think sitting in a haunted location, you'd be kind of scared but it's really not. It's actually very peaceful, especially when it's just us sitting in the dark for a moment. Yeah. It says, It is an eerie place, one where sounds of squirrels and birds in the surrounding woods filter into the tunnel and play with the mind. I would like to point out there are no sounds of squirrels or birds right now because it's... There's some birds, but they're... Well, like yeah, a few edge. birds. Mostly yeah. it's like crickets and frogs. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're hearing because it's 10, 17 at night. Yeah, it's more the crickets, yeah. And it says, Where you begin to wonder if the muted noise you were hearing is really a dog barking far away, a little girl's shrill giggles or mumbling voices conversing behind the walls because they are there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, just the because they are there. Whether you like it or not, yep. bitch. It's not your choice. So, yeah, guys, we're going to pause here for just a minute again. Hey guys, this is Editing Jake here. I just wanted to provide a little context for this next segment. So that group of tourists that uh, were coming down the tunnel at the time that we paused for happened to be some uh, amateur paranormal investigators. So we struck up a conversation with them and uh, they brought a spirit box along with them. So we decided to engage in a spirit box session. And uh, so that's what this next segment's all about. If you want to skip this, because I, I will provide like a, a little bit of a noise warning here. It is very loud, and it can be hard to make out some things. If you want to skip this, uh, skip to the time that will be provided in the description below. And uh, that, that will lead you to where uh, the, we part ways with the Paranormal Investigators, and we resume the normal podcast. Alrighty, uh, thank you for watching. Yeah, I'm coming on the spirit box, you'll hear the train whistle. Yeah, that happens a lot. That's the weirdest thing that we've actually seen was me and my fiance Cody, we were standing, I think almost in the middle here, and there was this light like a lantern that started falling on the path, and it just disappeared and stopped. Yeah, apparently. And there's a spot down here near the very end before they built these bridges, it was just a drop off down to the creek. And you could sit there, and it would sound like people were coming into the water, like footprints, someone wading through water, coming up on the shore, walking around. Uh, you would hear like a woman scream. You would hear people talking, and you'd be the only person out on that end. Like it was like a group of people, like a town or something. Like oh, wow. People talking. And then that one time we smelled like, I mean, I'm not saying it's anything like paranormal or whatever, but it did smell like rotten meat or something. But, you know, yeah, people do end. come over here. I think people do hunt deer and stuff. So it's hard to tell what that smell was. But yeah, I've never smelt it before the whole time we walked down there before they built the bridges. So I don't know. So that end down there, that's the end, the opening where Baldy fell off the top yeah, on that yeah, end. Bird. 
And this end is where the conductor got his head chopped off. His head still has not been found. Yeah, they never found his head. Oh, wow. And that's like documented on, Wiki on Wikipedia and everything. You can look it up names. And the guy that accidentally killed him was the driver of the train. And he thought he had the all clear, and he pulled forward, and he got pinned up against the wall and drug him a little bit, and it took his head. Oh, wow. And then that's the side where the lavender lady is usually seen, right? Uh, as far as I know, like people might have seen her, but we've sure. never seen her. You always smell her. Okay. Yeah, when you know she's we around. We always smell the, well, we used to. We don't always, but when we did smell the, the flowery scent or whatever, I didn't know what it was. But we would always smell it, usually around the, the bridge where all the locks are. Are you? And um, I, don't, I don't know how true it is, but um, I know when we use the spirit box, it seems like the activity is more it prominent around the bridge, more so than it is inside the tunnel. Hmm. Interesting. So gotcha. They say nice. water is a, uh, it's, it's a, like a highway for, for spirits. spirits. So. You ever watch Hercules? Yeah. That's yeah. random. <laughs> you know how the water, the flow of all the spirits are going down? Yeah, yeah, the river sticks. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but our waterways are like their waterways. Hmm. They always, like, go off and they land on a spot. And I think the last freaky thing that happened, it was just me and my sister, and... We had no intentions on using the spirit box. We didn't even, I can't remember if we brought the spirit box or not. I don't think we did, but we did bring the, the speaker and we just like sat here and we were listening to music and goofing off. And uh, it was like, oh, it's getting cold out, you know, so let's leave. And as soon as we turned off the music, we heard this woman screaming and it was like so loud. <laughs> and it was from, from that way. Huh. Sounded like it was in the woods, but... We might have to scoot our chairs down that way more. <laughs> it, it was weird. And I'm like, that's the weirdest thing. it for yourself. Yeah. Oh, and there's also this... Uh, um, power on. Too, um, that here as well. Um, we used to scope it out a lot. I don't yeah, know it if it's still standing, in. though. Yeah, it fell in. It's no longer able to go inside of Oh, I heard that. Yeah. And there's no radio signal out there. 
that the
Are you upset that we're here? You can talk with us through the box. Uh, 
is the nature of your death why you're so rude to people when they come through here? Is it because they bother you? Is it alright if we use this little 
bit for our podcast. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and sure. Do you guys want to share your names if you don't mind? Sure. What's your name? Um, my name is Cody. I'm Cortland. Nice to nice meet to you. Nice to meet you. Uh, this is Hunter. That's Jay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What are your old names? Do you want to This is Morgan. My name is Casey. That's Ed. Alright. Thank you guys so much. That was absolutely amazing. I didn't expect to get anything like that tonight. <laughs> it it, so, picks, it picks up more when you use the box. There's been times we've come out here and gotten nothing. Is this better for you? Yeah, thank you. You want me to be the Statue of fucking Liberty with the cock? Yeah, I appreciate it. So we're going to go down the path. And every so often, when you walk down there, <laughs> you'll get the, the feeling. Way. I don't know if you guys have walked it yet. I've done it a couple times before, but nothing like I mean, I didn't go out recording or anything like that. So, everybody knows like, when it comes to ghost hunting, it's never going to happen when you want it to. Mm -hmm. Ever. Uh, and where you guys were sitting this, here recording and stuff, you might have picked up things before any, anyone showed up. That's something I'm kind of curious about to see what happens when we yeah. go through and listen to it for editing and stuff. See if we catch up on anything. That'd be cool. Okay. But thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you. There was an instance. Hey, no problem. When we had our laptops and stuff out here for them to drain battery. Appreciate it, man. When we had the laptops down on this end and we had the spirit box, um, there were, we had a couple of rocks that were dropped from the top onto our computers. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So this is going to sound dumb, but um, I've, I've heard that uh, spirits, they're also attracted to technology and stuff, you know, magnetic energy and stuff. So I was like, well, let's bring a laptop out here, leave it on, and see if that increases any of that energy. And it's kind of 50-50, I think. And if you guys are into, like, the paranormal stuff, definitely check out Beard Cemetery if you know where that is. Yeah, we were just up there, so... Now, the last time we went there, I wish it was I was filming. fucking crazy. <laughs> so you can take my word for it. You don't have to believe us. But he, Ed wasn't with us, but Casey... No, that's not where a bunch of fucking pussies. But we got a woman on there that screamed, yeah, get like, out, and they all ran. I stood there, and it was like 3 a.m., the whole witching hour thing. And how this whole thing started is when we first got there, we weren't really getting anything, so we sat in a circle by this old tree in the middle with all of our lights off, and we were just sitting there talking to each other, not asking any questions, nothing like that. And Shadow figures or something started to just move out of the out of your peripherals you could see them walking around you could hear them and then we turned the spirit box on there's a woman that screamed like to the top like almost like a domestic abuse type of situation kind of scream yeah like get out like somebody screaming there's walking their... that's not the dripping there was walking on the gravel mm. Mm. wasn't there people that just no out? they left they left i got in the car and left it's just oh, us in here yeah i forgot about that so and what was the name of the cemetery beard Beard. beard, like this dude's beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, beard cemetery. I always wondered why they named it Beard. So the people that owned it, uh, I think their last name was Beard, but I, I'm not too sure on they that. They started I, the cemetery because they buried their dog. They, yeah, they started because they buried their dog, and you will hear just. There's only a few there. There's, there's only like a like few houses, fresh like three or four houses out there total. Cheshire. But moving right along, we were talking about the uh, story about the Lavender Lady. Um, which, you know, like I said, I always advise people to be skeptical, form their own opinions. If you listen to that spirit box section, you, you're, you might actually hear the woman that was speaking to us. So that's kind of cool. But I think it was on this paragraph here. So the next part I want to read about is it says, One of the more active areas of the tunnel is the furthest end toward the right to about 50 feet. Did I recover that part? 
I think it did. No, I didn't. So yeah, one of the more active areas of the tunnel is the farthest end toward the right to about 50 feet outside the tunnel itself. So that's close to where we're sitting. Um, hundreds of pictures of surface with dark shadowy images moving around from one place to another. The faraway scent of something sweet and perfume-like lingers in the air, and there are the whispers. <laughs> Very ominous little mm. statement there. Mm, Luckily, ass. we have heard no whispers as of yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. However, it continues, it says, Whatever the spirit, it seems to want to tantalize the senses with smells, sights, and sounds unexplained. A tug on a collar is not uncommon. Camera batteries are zapped of power quite often, and there are those who feel dizzy and a bit nauseated when they first enter. There are several accounts of the ghost called Lavender Lady at Moonville Tunnel. Some say she appears to them in a white flowing gown and carries a glowing lantern. So that's two ghosts now that supposedly carry lanterns. Mm. Others catch a shadowy figure darting right to left in the forest just beyond, followed by the very deep scent of lavender perfume, which is one of the reasons we've been, like we discussed earlier, we've been kind of glancing at the ends of the tunnels just to see if we could maybe catch a glimpse. So it says there were three legends stated about both an apparition and a scent wafting in the air. Wafting? Wafting? What's the correct pronunciation of that? It said wafting. Wafting. Scent wafting in the air. The first tale states that a woman from the nearby town of Mineral was crossing the train trestle when she was struck and was killed by a train in the late 1800s. Rumor has it that her ghost still walks the area where her broken body had plunged after being hit from the sidecar of the train, directly where the scent of lavender still lingers in the air. Another speaks of a girl who was walking the tracks in 1905 who was hit by a train just outside the tunnel entrance. And a third is that of an elderly woman whose leg was sheared off in 1945 when she failed to clear the trestle as a train barreled over. She later died during the amputation. There is one account in a local paper, Athens Messenger, that might account for Lavender Lady on Thursday, October 16, 1873, and it reads, While we delayed for a few minutes at Moonville on last Monday, we heard reference to the instant killing of a woman in a deep cut near that town the day previous by the Morning Express. The name of the woman we failed to ascertain. So yeah, that's kind of the story of the Lavender Lady. We've got one more ghost to talk to you guys about which his name is Baldy Keaton, and we're gonna get into that here in just a moment. We're gonna have probably another brief little intercession here in a moment. All right, guys, we're back, and we've got one last ghost to talk about. His name is Baldy Keaton. Little excerpt says, the ghost of a drunken bully who was murdered near Moonville Tunnel is said to walk above the tunnel and toss pebbles at those below. And after that little spirit box exchange, I can assure you, Baldy's kind of a jerk. <laughs> kind, kind of rude, not gonna lie. So it says, Baldy Keaton was from Moonville right around 1886, and his ghost story has been told by locals for more than 100 years. He was 48 when he died. One evening, Baldy headed to the Hope Moonville Saloon and got drunk. It was said he loved to fight, and when he did, he would give his opponent a huge bear hug to subdue him. On the night Baldy Keaton died, he was drunk and in the mood to fight. One thing led to another, and eventually, Baldy Keaton got into a fight at the bar. He bear-hugged a man and was told to leave town, or else. Although he was warned, it is said it took some persuasion to get him out the door. On his way home, Baldy Keaton was jumped and murdered. He was found the next morning. However, his killers were never identified. It is said his ghost has been seen above the tunnel, standing still and solitary, and he has been known to throw rocks and pebbles at those walking beneath. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're the, the local, local town jackass... Yeah. Not, a, not a surprise to you yeah. the murder wasn't solved. I mentioned that, like, 
last name of Keaton is kind of significant to this area because a lot of this area around uh, Moonville, Zaleski State Forest, and uh, Lake Hope State Park originally belonged, a lot of the land belonged to two uh, families, the Keatons and the Pennies. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting that one of the ghosts here is, is a Keaton. Yeah, like I said, it's... Not a surprise when we're solved. Doesn't make it okay. But. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. But you do, it just does bring about your wonder. It's like, was it not solved? Just, I mean, because when, when did you say this was again? Like uh, uh, the, Man, I don't remember now. It was back, it was the 19-something, I think. Yeah, it's like, I mean, at that time, very real possibility just would be hard to solve, but also, again, a very real possibility that, uh, I can hear you sniffing, trying to... <laughs> But trying to find the, the scent of lavender, but it's also understandable that like they also but just might not be super motivated. Oh. 1886. Yeah. 1886. Yeah, I mean, so very real possibility. Just you know, at the, you know in that day and age, lack of an eye eyewitness very very unlikely to solve a crime. Yeah. So yeah. Plus, if he was kind of like a town jerk persona or whatever, it might not have been looked into that heavily to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's a, it's a very good point. Still not a, like I said, not okay. But not you know. okay, but still a very good point about. Yeah. And then when we were talking to the don't people, don't be your, I was say, don't be your town jerk. Yeah, yeah, don't be, don't be the town jerk. And then when we were talking to the people at the spirit box, something the book doesn't talk about, and I haven't confirmed this myself, but apparently when they murdered him, they actually threw him off the top of the tunnel. So, fun stuff. Nice, violent, grizzly murder. We love them. <laughs> but yeah, guys, that's. Pretty much all we have to say about Moonville Tunnel. Um, I had a lot of fun on this episode because it was just very, it's going to be more sporadic yeah. than things usually are. It's going to be a lot less structured and organized than what we normally are. Not that we're usually super structured, but yeah. it was kind of a, kind of an on the go, roll yeah, the tide type thing. I mean, who would have thought that on the night we come out to do a podcast episode about uh, the paranormal activity of Boonville Tunnel, that a bunch of uh, paranormal investigators come out here with a spear box. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's a, didn't you want to talk about that a little or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so... Spear box. So, just... What are your guys' thoughts on spirit boxes? Man... I don't know. I don't know if I buy into it or not. It's a really fun thing to think about. Um, from my understanding, obviously, I have no signal whatsoever out here, so I can't really Google for sources or anything about them. Literally no service. Yeah. Um, oh, we're, we're in from, a tunnel. Yeah. From my understanding of it, basically... Don't contradict me. <laughs> <laughs> from my understanding, basically, ghosts can use their energy to speak to the box, and it pulls from, like, radio stations around is what's supposed to happen anyway, um, which is one of the reasons I'm kind of a little unnerved by that spirit box encounter is because, like they said, it's probably, we have no service here, and it's probably just as difficult to get radio waves in here due to the tunnel. So it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, the ghosts are supposed to be able to use radio waves to say certain things that they want to say and talk to the people using the spirit box. But I'm not quite sure if I buy into it or not. But, I mean, it's been used by ghost hunters for ages now. So. Yeah. What about you, Hunter? Yeah, I mean, I think as we said, a kind of resident skeptic. I just, they're, it, like, with a lot, I think, paranormal kind of, like, stuff or ghost hunting, you know, stuff. 
they can be kind of fun to use and be fun to kind of dick around with and play with and, you know, who knows, maybe, but yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where I'm sure, you know, I don't know the science behind how they work and how they're supposed to work anyway. I'm sure people much smarter have like, you know, debunked, you know, I'll say air quotes kind of around debunked, not like to, you know, not uh, shit on anybody who believes it or anything like that. I'm sure there's people who have kind of like debunked or claimed to debunk. What'd you say? I said I'm offended. Um, okay. <laughs> I was like, who have like debunked or claimed to have debunked how they work, and you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of rational explanations for the little like flare-ups and stuff. So I mean, they're they're cool, and I'm not gonna like shit on anybody's parade, you know, and be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot for playing with the spirit box. It's like, no, it's a, it's a fun little thing, and who knows? Maybe, maybe. I just I'm just not super into it or believe it all that much. Yeah. I kind of, like, I'm left, I'm on the fence about it because, like, I think a big, not only just, like, is the method in which it, the ghost is supposed to communicate through the box, just kind of, like, eh, that's not really, like, definitive. At the same time, like, I also feel like a lot of the big problems with spirit boxes is that we, t- as humans, tend to want to, uh, what's the word I'm thinking, where we predict, we want to predict the responses, we want to predict the responses in advance. So, like, I think, you know, personally, going through that spirit box session, there were a lot of times where, you know, those ghost hunters were kind of, like, you know, they were translating certain noises. And all I'm just saying, bro, I just heard an, I just heard a, yeah, there, there's, was... that, that does, that's not really a word. You're just, like, you're just looking for yeah. what you think those ghosts would be saying. Personally, like, yeah. I've seen on like i've seen on like some youtube channels people doing spirit boxes i prefer the method where someone plugs in headphones to the spirit box and turns turns up the full volume so you can't hear the people asking the question and they turn away so you can't even see their mouths that and then whatever that person says uh, i you know is a bit more reliable but then again at the same time you're still like looking for as say i think it's like it would be kind of be a a case of this thing called confirmation bias Mm -hmm. which typically gets applied to like opinions and like stuff like that and it's generally the idea of you uh you just sort of tend to believe or look at stuff that already confirms what you think so the classic example is political stuff somebody has a certain political leaning or belief about some kind of political or social issue so they tend to only kind of believe or look at the stuff that confirms what they already like to think even if it's not all that like true you know, or like scientifically backed. And so it's kind of like the idea of if you already kind of, you know, so it's kind of like is that where it's like, yeah, if you already like believe in this stuff, you're a very hardcore believer, you enjoy this stuff, you take it very seriously. And then, you know, you're asking these questions and you kind of maybe want certain answers or even just kind of you really believe it, you'll kind of rationalize the what you hear in a way, which, you know, kind of like you said, to me, I heard like a lot of static. There was some stuff I could kind of hear it a little bit or kind of make it out, but there's a lot of stuff where I was like, it just kind of sounds like a flare-up of static and didn't really... I'm going to cut in as the resident believer here. One thing I did hear very, very clearly, and I think you guys, well, you were down at the end of the tunnel when this happened. Jake, I think you heard this very clearly too. There was a very distinct hello at one point. Yes, there was. There was a very distinct hello. I don't know if you got that on. I think you actually missed that, unfortunately. I did, I did like miss that. Uh, The recording was paused at that time, and I kicked myself in the ass for it. (laughs) But it it was pretty cool. That was a a very clear hello. But obviously, you know, in summary, 
there's a lot of unexplained things out there in the world. Um, I, like I said, I'm a very big believer in this stuff, but at the same time, I also encourage people to be very, very skeptical of this stuff. I think I, I got a question that kind of just kind of goes off of it. What out of all, you guys probably have seen many different types of tools and instruments to try to detect paranormal stuff. Which one seems like the most realistic to you? The one that like when you thermal look. Thermal cameras. Thermal cameras? I didn't mean to interrupt there, but definitely no, no, thermal cameras, man. It's pretty hard to misinterpret a heat signature when there should definitely not be one there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like the spirit boxes and stuff, I'm kind of like you guys. It, by the way, if you're the ghost hunters listening, take no offense to this. We just try to remain skeptical about things, but we greatly appreciate it. Yes, but, obviously. But I think with spirit boxes and stuff, like you guys said, and one thing I wanted to point out was there's a term that I think this term I'm using it right specifically applies more to pictures and stuff and is used very avidly in the ghost hunting community, especially on Reddit and stuff, which as we've covered, I'm a big fan of. And I think it's paradelia is the word I'm looking for, which commonly applies to you're taking shapes and stuff you can see in a picture that's usually from like trees or shadows and stuff like that. And you're applying human-like features to it because it's what our brain knows. And anyone who knows anything about the human brain understands that our brain likes to fill in missing information on things. Yeah. It's, it's also like our brain likes things to be complete. In my opinion, that's why I think people get songs stuck in their head and stuff like that. It's just because they hear part of the song, oh, a little gerbil or a mouse. <laughs> but there's a... Um, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. <laughs> no, Sorry, I, I heard it no scurry rap. away after you pointed it out. But... Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's why, like, we get songs stuck in our heads because we need to hear the complete version, and then our brain's like, okay, yeah, it's complete now. I'm fine with it. But specifically, pareidolia is commonly what happens when people think they see, like, ghosts or whatever in pictures is they're just, their brain's filling in information that's not necessarily there. And I think that applies to the spirit box, and I think it applied to that situation a lot when we were experiencing it is because, you know, I'm obviously, like we said, believer. I'm on the side of them where I like really wanted to hear certain things come through those messages, but logically when you're listening to it, like you guys said, it's just a lot of noise most of the time. There were a couple instances where there were very defined words that came through, but a lot of the time it was just noises and static and not really anything too solid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, I want to obviously, you know, thanks to those people. That was a really cool experience, even if, you know not the most firm believer in it. I want to I want to say thank you. That was that was a cool experience. Never done anything like that before. So even though I don't believe it, like I said, it's fun stuff to mess around with. And to kind of guess answer your question, I'm not super like I've watched like some ghost hunting shows before. I watched a lot of uh Zach Baggins that show. Zach Baggins, yeah. yeah. I can't. Oh, sorry. Ghost <laughs> Adventures. Ghost Adventures. That's right. I watched a lot of Ghost Adventures, especially with my mom. It's a fun show. And yeah, I guess like thermal cameras, yeah, that's most believable. I will say that they not completely take it. I love how apparently some, there's apparently been cases of people using the old Xbox like One Connects. I've seen those too. For, for that, for like ghost hunting stuff because I think they have like thermal cameras and shit. So there's like cases on like even like fucking TV shows. They'll take like Connects and just be like, yeah, they have good thermal cameras. So like we'll just use the, the Connect, which is like, I just find hilarious. <laughs> and then for me, like, thermal cameras, yeah, but also, like, I think EMF detectors and so, especially, like, in a place like this. Like, if I had an EMF detector on me right now and I read a very strong electromagnetic field, there shouldn't be one in here. So I, that would kind of lead me to believe that there's something something spooky yeah, going on here. The, the more, so to speak, 
air quote scientifically based things. I only say that because I don't want to offend people. But the more the the equipment that's more based in logic and actual science, where you're reading energy levels or heat signatures and stuff like that, I think are a lot more reliable. Because it's pretty hard to debunk that when you're like, oh, this definitely shouldn't be here. Like you said, with the energy signatures on an EMF, like if there's a spike in electromagnetic energy, you can tell that should not be there. That should not be a thing. There's something to that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I am going to bring up one last topic just because this is our first like ghost episode. What do you guys think about ghosts in general? Because for me, again, believer... I really want to believe in ghosts, especially because for me, it's kind of, I base it around um, the idea of the, you know, law of con conservation as far as energy applies. Energy can't really be created or destroyed. It just has to go somewhere. And for me, in my mind. Hello? Who's that? <laughs> no, there's something down there. <laughs> yeah, there's people. They're torn. It's just people walking. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jake, but, it's like Jake got fucking freaked out. Yeah, Jake got that. a little scared. A little bit. But, um. I thought it was people too for a second, but then Jake was like, oh, God. And I was no, like, it's definitely just people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. But, um. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that that energy has to go somewhere and if it doesn't it just becomes trapped and that's what we attribute to ghosts like, so we're definitely keeping that part in oh yeah that's staying <laughs> yeah no I, all of our listeners get to enjoy J that jake's got to be a good sport about that one yeah, yeah. hello <laughs> but yeah that was that was amazing thank you so much for scaring the shit out of my friend <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think just the idea of ghosts is, I think there's something to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. I, like, almost with anything, I'll never say, uh, no, I'll never say it's not possible. That's just kind of by my nature, even if I don't believe in it much. Ghosts are probably one of the things I'm more willing to give credence to than almost anything else. But even still, I'm not, like, a big, big guy, you know, but, like... Sorry not to interrupt, but I wish our listeners could see Jake's face right now. <laughs> I'm, just, so I'm, I'm just going through the motions this of embarrassment. Wigged he did. He, he wigged out so bad it got to me. I was like, what the fuck? I, also, like, I, I want to go back and think for just a second, because I think that was the first time I've sworn on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is odd, because you, I mean, you don't swear a lot, but no, you, you... I try to keep it tame for the show, though. <laughs> Not that I really care all that much, but yeah, he's. But like, look, like to like basically describe what happened. Like I, it was like I just kind of like we've all been you know like moving like our lights around. Like Jake's got a flashlight. I got like a I got my phone flashlit up. Cortland occasionally has his on, and we kind of like have been doing it like this way, that way, you know. So I like. I like put it down the, the other end, the opposite end that we're on, and I, there was like a little bit of noise coming from it, and Jake turned his flashlight, and the, we, we could kind of like hear and see something, and then Jake goes like, Who, who's there? Well, you and see- we say this man jumped out of his chair. Was like ready well, to run. What, what freaked me out the most is that it, it's weird that those people didn't have flashlights. 
I that, mean, it kind of is a little bit. I see. Like that, they're, that's, bra- they're braver than us. Yeah, yeah that's they what that's what got gray. me. So to think about like ghosts and stuff, they and kind also of did, like they kind of did appear a little spectral like. Honestly, it, honestly, I wasn't really thinking people are ghosts in that moment. It was just their two silhouettes kind of com- were together close enough that it just looked like one big thing. I think bear. So I was just thinking like animal or something. I thought bear for a bear. second, honestly. That's that's why I freaked out. I thought like big animal. We're in a tunnel, so we <laughs> don't have much options <laughs> for running. No, 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 we got the chairs. Yeah, we got, we'll just throw the chairs. I don't think the, the good news, if it was a bear, it would be a black bear, which wouldn't be super hard yeah. to scare off. Yeah. But, I mean, it just looked big, like yeah. bigger than a black bear, in my opinion. So oh, Fair I, enough. So that's why I freaked out, because I just saw a big, like, massive a silhouette. There was no flashlights, nothing to indicate that it was a human. Hey, just admit you're scared. Yeah, I'm just scared, okay? I'm so glad we got that on recording for all of our listeners to enjoy. That was great. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, but, Ghost, what yeah. do you guys think? I was saying, so do you want to finish up? I don't think you really got to speak about it. No. I uh, Just, Ghost, I'm a big believer in Ghosts. Because I've had, I grew up in a house that was haunted. I've had many experiences with ghosts. I not just in my house. I had experiences in Hocking Hills with ghosts. I've had experiences in my current place of residence with Hunter and Corlin of ghosts. So just, I'm a big believer in ghosts. Fair. Perhaps one time, perhaps another day, we'll do a, a ghost stories podcast of personal yeah, ghost yeah, stories. Yeah, that'd be fun to do. Um, I'm gonna try to get this wrapped up, guys, because yeah, I think yeah, I pissed. Same. I think I pissed Baldy off earlier, and I've been getting cold chills. So, like, <laughs> I'm gonna wrap <laughs> this up. Specifically, the Moonville Tunnel ghost. Let's do our scale of one to ten. We'll start with Jake this time. How believable do you think it is? Man? Um, just lump them all into one. We don't have to. Separate. Yeah, uh, uh, all in one. I'll give it a nine. <laughs> your silhouette on the walls making me laugh. Hunter, what do you <laughs> think, man? What's, what's your uh, rating? Then, you know, I'll uh, I'll give this uh, I'll give it like a five. That's the highest rating we've gotten out of you so yeah, far. Yeah, most of them I'd, I'd say honestly would be a two or three. Like I said, ghosts God. are one of the things I find the most believable. I'm not super super, but you know, hey, historical moment. We just got a five out of our man Hunter Burton. <laughs> what a great night this has been. And for my scale, I'm going to give it a nine as well. I'm not going to give it a ten. I haven't had any solid if, evidence. If the, if the lavender lady re- appears before us right now, we'll change our answers to ten. Also, I don't before, see a lavender lady, so it's the nine sticks. Here, I'm going to bring up the notion just with you two of maybe coming back and doing another one sometime before we move out of our current apartment. And I want to set up on the bridge. Because you guys, I don't know if we caught this on the podcast, but they were telling us that a lot of the stuff happens on this bridge that's close by here. There's like a lot of padlocks and stuff. I think it's like a lover's tradition. But they're saying that a lot of stuff, the ghost hunters we were talking to, were saying that they catch a lot of activity over there. Yeah. So I think I might want to come back another night and do another shorter episode and see if we can pick up anything at the bridge. But for now, I think that's all we have. All right. So um, I'm Cortland Mitchell. I am a resident skeptic. I potentially know more. Question mark. <laughs> Hunter Burden. And I and I am the guy with shit in his pants, Jake Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we are the malevolent few and we are signing out. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. 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 Hey, you guys hey. smell lavender?